be like T-ball pretty soon. Hutchin and a ground ball to third, breaking for the plate, the throw, and they got him. No, he called him safe. He called him safe. Unbelievable. That is really That is unbelievable. The throw beat him by a mile. Live. Did he get him? Oh, he entertainment capital of the world. It isn't. The runner goes halfway. Oh. Somebody thought it was on. His Torres had to scoop it in. Doesn't get it. And Ty Wigginton, oh, he made it. He bumped him and he's gone. It's the T.C. Martin Show. And Wigginton is furious. Diagnosis. The 3-2 pitch. Prognosis. Outside ball. Four off strike three. Osmosis. Four strike three. I didn't think that Marty Foster was going to ring it up. The doctor, T.C. Martin. No, my goodness no. gracious. No, no, no. you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. The doctor is now in. Get your money's worth. Friday afternoon. We are coming to you live from the Westgate Superbook here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. The we that I'm referring to is myself, Jose Volonte, and my co-host, for this afternoon, my guy Marco D'Angelo hanging out with me today in the sportsbook. We're filling in for our guy TC Martin. You're tuning in to the TC Martin Show live here on KSHP Radio, 1400 AM, 107.1 on the FM dial, and of course, streaming worldwide at the TC Martin Show.com. Numpchuck back at the studio, making sure we stay in line and don't get in trouble. But my guy, Marco, how you been? It's been a while. We were conversating before the show started. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. And what's better than a Friday at the Superbook? We've got horse racing going now. We've got tennis. We've got soccer. Hour and a half. We'll have baseball. Fun Friday. Like we said earlier when we were texting, that's our bread and butter, right? We're here in the place that we love to hang out and watch the games. Again, if you haven't been out here to the Westgate Superbook, you are missing out. The biggest book in the world, in my opinion, from what I'm looking at, from everything that I've seen and I'm hearing. The screens out here are just absolutely amazing. The crowd full and pretty much packed as always. Obviously not as crazy right now. But I'm pretty sure in the next coming days, it's going to get a lot more crazy in here with college football. And, of course, the NFL just around the corner. Are you ready for football? I'm ready for football. been watching the preseason games. And, uh, you know, caution with what you see in preseason. Don't overreact. We see it every year. And, you know, obviously there's going to be a lot of love coming uh, for different teams for the way they've performed and the hype that they've had coming into the season. But you know I'm a Pittsburgh Steeler fan yes. from my days in <laughs> Pittsburgh. And, you know, and I'm the first one to pump the brakes. Don't don't get uh, overly excited over the 3-0 and uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. And they've been dominant. You know, they've looked good in all of their games. Uh, Kenny Pickett looks like he's ready to take that next step. And that's, a, that's always a big question mark. That second year with a you know quarterback, you know he had a good rookie season, came in last year I believe it was in week five, and uh, you know he kept Tomlin's record alive with uh, not having a losing season uh, as a head coach. So we'll see what happens with them. Uh, offense looked good, defense has improved. We got the Raiders in action uh, tomorrow night, and the Raiders are another team that you know. Don't put a lot of stock in the preseason because yeah. Josh McDaniels seems to be one of those coaches that 
actually wants to win the preseason games. And we'll definitely get into some more NFL conversation here later on in the show because there is a lot to talk about. It's not just NFL, like I mentioned, college football right around the corner. A lot of people here in Vegas are big college football gamblers. At least the people that I know love college football a lot more than the NFL because the menu is just so much more enticing because there's so much more games going on throughout the week on the weekend. So we'll definitely get into some more football conversation there. But again, remember, TC is on the road right now. He's at the White House, or at least he was earlier over here bragging, sending me pictures, talking about this is what I'm talking about. I can't say the exact words we texted each other because we'll get in trouble on the air. But TC having fun right now in D.C. at the White House with the WNBA champion Las Vegas Aces. But lots going on in MLB right now. Obviously, the playoffs are right around the corner. All these uh, races are heating up on the wild card side. Majority of the divisions are pretty much looking like they're going to be locked up already with the way that they're looking right now, Marco. But when it comes to the wild card, there's so many teams that are still up in the air that can make a run at any time. It's MLB. Any team can get hot. Any team can get cold at any time right now. But before we talk about that, I want to get your thoughts on one thing because it's right here in front of me. (laughs) And it popped up in front of me, and I can't not mention this to you or talk to you about this because I haven't had anybody to talk to about this just yet. The whole Shohei Otani situation. I want to know how you feel about that before we get into the gambling slate here and before we talk about the playoffs and everything else going on with MLB. The whole Shohei Otani situation is tough because I said it a while back how I thought that the Angels might find a way to overuse him a bit, right? I'm not going to say I'm right because I'm not that type of person. I don't like to throw that out there. He's still playing. He's going to be dh tonight against the Mets from what it sounds like, right? Even though he has that elbow tear and everything else that he's going on with, he's not going to pitch anymore. Is it smart for the Angels to continue to play Shohei knowing the injury and what has happened with him so far? Well, the situation is, do they even going to be able to re-sign him? That's the thing. So, yes, they want to keep putting him on the field. He's a draw. He's the best player in baseball. The bigger question, Jose, is have we seen the last of him in the pitcher's role career-wise? That's a big question right now. And, you know, we talk about him. He was like, you know, the unicorn of baseball because when you were in contention at the trade deadline when I thought – that they were going to move him, uh, that there's never been a player like that. Never, yeah. That you're, in essence, getting two players in one, Mm -hmm. you know, if you sign him because of how good of a pitcher he was to go on top of, you know, the way he can pound the baseball. But right now, if anybody looking at him, I think you got to be looking at him as just an outfielder slash DH. And I just don't think that they can risk it. This is a second major uh, arm injury yeah. for him in five years. So you got to worry about that. And you don't want to have him on the shelf completely. So does that change his value at all? A lot of people are already saying that he's no longer going to be that $500 million, $700 million guy that everyone's talking about now that it could hurt his contract. I don't know if it necessarily does. I mean, I get it. You're, you're taking away the pitching aspect of it. But you're still getting the hitter. You're still getting the hitter that he is. Now, DHing all the time, how much are you really going to have to pay for a DH at this point now? 
I don't know if how much they'll end up paying him overall. Do you pay him? Do you keep him with the Angels now knowing his injury? Not only that, Mike Trout is back on the shelf too. Yeah. He's on the IL. So this team now sitting at 61 and 67. Playoff hopes pretty much done. I mean, they're technically not eliminated from the playoff hunt if they find a way to get hot and make a wild card here. I just don't see it happening. When you have Tampa sitting at 78 and 51, the Mariners, which are surprising a lot of people at 71 and 56, and then the Astros trying to hold off the Toronto Blue Jays for that third spot. I just don't see a scenario where the Angels Angels find a way to get back up there and make the playoffs. No, they're done. And they killed themselves the week after the trade deadline. It was ironic. They won heading up to the trade deadline, which got them excited yeah. in L.A. Uh, that when they kept Otani, it looked like they didn't actually buy. They weren't a buyer. They just didn't sell. And that was, you know, optimism for Angel fans. And then they proceeded to, what, they go on a losing streak immediately after the trade deadline and announce that they're not trading him. So I don't see them coming. They're a team that I'm looking to fade, uh, you know, the rest of the season. And I'm actually sad that Otani's not pitching because I'll be honest with you, I've stepped in front of him several times this year because the price was too high. He's one of those guys that is going to always be overvalued by the books because the books know the public's not going to bet against them. And problem that's happened so many times with the Angels starters, he can pitch well. And then you get into the bullpen and, you know, the game goes away. So, uh, you know, I was getting some decent prices and picking my spots with it. So I'm going to miss that aspect of it. You mentioned Seattle. This is a dangerous team. Oh, yeah. This team came into this season with high expectations from a lot of sharps that I know. And it's because of that run they did last year in the second half of the season. Uh, Anytime you see a team play like that, you expect that to carry over to the following year. They got off to the slow start, you know, this year, but they're just as hot as the Dodgers. You know, we always talk about how hot the Dodgers are right yeah. now. Seattle's been just just as good uh, over the last, you know, 45, 46 games. Uh, they've got a tremendous record. I think they're like 32 and 13 or 32 and 14. So they've been getting it done. I think they're the team that sneaks into the playoffs. And if I'm anybody, I don't want to play them. And we're talking about sneaking in. This team is one game out of first place behind the Texas Rangers. This is a team that if they find a way to get over the Rangers can win this division and go in there as a division winner, not have to worry about that wild card game. You and I talked about the wild card game earlier, how we both agree that it's better now than it was previous seasons when it was a one and done. Why do you like it so much more now? If you're, we did this adding the extra wild card to keep everybody excited and keep the fans in, you know, because your team still has a chance till, you know, maybe the last week of the season, you're still in it. That was good for baseball. The part that I didn't like about the one game, and, you know, I got the scars to show it you know, <laughs> my pirate teams yeah. had that long drought of not making the playoffs yeah they finally made the playoffs back-to-back years and it was in the one game format that they had to play in the wild card they had to go against the giants and Baumgartner in his heyday and they had to go against the cubs and jake garrietta in his heyday you know and we lost both of those matchups so yeah we made the playoffs but one and done it's just you don't feel satisfied yeah. you know and it actually hurt, you know, hurt more because you were excited about finally having playoff, uh, you know, games, and it was done as soon as it started. So I'm a fan of the new format. Let the let them, you know, some kind of series. So it's not just one game, and you're not facing the other team's ace. And, uh, and 
it's good for baseball, in my opinion. Marco D'Angelo, Jose Volonte, coming to you live from the Westgate Superbook here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. You guys are tuning in to T.C. Martin Show, live on the tcmartinshow.com, and of course, KSHP Radio locally here in Las Vegas. Another team that I wanted to talk to you about, Marco, was my New York Yankees, right? Now, now this is a team that is sitting at 61-66 and 66 right now. One in nine in their last 10 games after having a nine-game losing streak, which I believe is one of their worst in franchise history. Correct me if I'm wrong. This is a team that when Aaron Judge went down, they totally forgot how to hit. But not only that, during the offseason, they were so focused on just signing Aaron Judge that I believe they forgot about the rest of the team. And it, and it showed, and it's showing right now. Now, the question comes out to, what needs to be done moving forward at the end of the season? Is it time to get rid of Aaron Boone? Is it time to get rid of Brian Cashman? What do we do moving forward? If you're on the outside looking in, who do you think needs to go first? They're both going to have to go. Right? And the situation is because uh, I'll start with the GM. Um, he's the one that's going to go first, uh, Brian Cashman. And when it's you time. Bring, when you bring in a new GM, they want their own you know, manager. And, you know, Boone, this is a bad situation. I, the team, you know, it got away from them. They were still in the hunt for the, you know, the wild card until the last two weeks. Uh, you know, they just played themselves right out of the race and they played themselves into last place in the East. I don't know how far you have to go back to find the last time the Yankees were in last place in, uh, you know, the AL East. When you look at this team, for me, we're all about trying to find something bettable, something where yes. you can make money, an actionable item. Correct. And for me, because this team has been a perennial uh, powerhouse, has always been in the race, if they're not winning the division, they're you know in a wild card spot, there's some veterans on this team. I think that they're a fade the rest of the way. Really? I think this team... I don't see the character of this team, the way it's built, and knowing what's coming, where they're going to, you know, blow the team up and, you know, re restructure it. How do they get excited? You got veterans that are used to playoff baseball, and now they're going to be in meaningless games in, you know, the middle of September. I'm not playing the Yankees, and that's one thing that we talk about teams and value where we try to go against. Like I said, Otani's always overvalued. I don't care how bad the Yankees are. They're always, the line's always going to be shaded to them because they have such a big fan base. And people will just look and say, oh, I'm getting the Yankees as an underdog. You know, I can't pass that up. Well, you can. There's a reason. So would you say that today uh, this is a big bait game? Because if you're looking at the Yankee game and we're talking about betting, you got the Yankees with Garrett Cole on the road in Tampa, plus 110. You're getting yep. plus money. When do you ever get plus okay. money with Garrett Cole, right? Absolutely. So the, that, that goes back to what you just said. Is this a fate spot 100% on the Yankees tonight? I lean to uh, Tampa in this spot. The only reason I didn't pull the trigger on it, because everything you said supports exactly what my <laughs> thoughts are. Yeah. But Garrett Cole is coming off a horrible outing. And I'm one of those guys that veteran pitchers, when they have a bad outing like that, Unless it's an injury, and the, you know, and we find out about it later, almost always come back with a stellar performance. Yeah. That's my only concern. But the Yankees, they can't score runs. Okay, <laughs> they can't put you, runs it's on not, the board. There's, you know, where did the days of the Bronx Bombers go? I mean, they. That's something that you know, pitching. They've had their issues, but you always had, you know, a solid Garrett Cole. You always had a good number two. Uh, Severino this year has just been absolute 
you know, he's a dumpster fire. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. 100%. Uh, you know, Majority of the pitching staff of the Yankees is a dumpster fire, if we're being honest. We look what happened with Herman yeah. with the, the alcoholism or whatever it is that he had or whatever he went through. And it's just he's gone now. It's just yeah. there's so much with that organization right now that just needs to be cleaned up. And there's only one way to do it. You got to start from scratch. And that's going to be at the top with Brian Cass. I mean, he just – the moves that he's made the last few years – I mean, you're a Yankee fan. You can't you 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 can't like them. It's not like the old days. He hasn't made anything that's that's wowed me to the point where I'm happy. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm happy they kept Aaron Judge, yeah. but at what cost? Yeah, and it's never an issue that you know money's never an issue. No, with, not with, with the, the Yankees, Yankees ever. Yeah. And to have this team be this bad this year, uh, it's not a good look. So let me ask you a question, and then we'll move off of the Yankees topic. And I'll just I'll just throw one out there for you, Joe Madden. Do you think he is a type of manager that could fit with this current Yankee roster next year? He is a guy that will get players' attentions. He's one of those coaches that you're going to either love his ways or you're going to absolutely dread it. Yeah. Okay? And, <laughs> I, you know, sometimes when you get these athletes that have, you know, way too much money, it – it's hard to get them to do what you want yeah. to do sometimes. And, and Joe Mann's more of the, I look at him as kind of a drill sergeant, more disciplined. A drill sergeant. Okay, you know, <laughs> and, you know, he's, he's done things that are unorthodox. I mean, the Tampa Bay was the first team to use the, you know, the bullpen. Yeah, you know, the, the, you know, the starter, starter bullpen yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and how many, how many teams do that now? You know? A couple of them are doing yeah. it. Yeah, a lot of them, definitely. He, he started trends. Yeah. And I still think that the way he was outed with the Angels was just not right. But that's here nor there. Once again, Jose Volonte, Marco D'Angelo, you guys are tuning in to the T.C. Martin Show. We are currently live from the Westgate Superbook here in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. We're talking some baseball. So let, let's go down the slate real quick here, Marco. When it comes to the MLB slate that we have today, we got some interleague games. And then we have some regular National and American League games as well, obviously. When it comes to the big names, right, the names that are hot right now. The Braves, obviously, not the Yankees, but then you got the Dodgers. You got teams that are out there trying to still find a way to hang on and make the playoffs, like the Phillies, which is a team that some people said after the trade deadline were going to be a better team than the Dodgers, which as of right now, it hasn't panned out that way. Now, out of all the games that are on the board right now, which one sticks out to you the more? Well, the problem with Philadelphia is... Generally speaking, if I bet the Phillies, it's going to be a first five-inning wager. I do not trust this team in their bullpen, and okay. that's going to be, you know, their downfall as they get to the playoffs. Um, you know, again, you, you'll tighten the rotation up. You'll go with the three-man, ro you know, rotation in the playoffs, but their bullpen leaves a lot to be desired. The ten tendency with them is first five, but also if you want to play totals, they're an over team. This is a team that scores a lot of runs, but gives up a lot of runs. So I'm not betting any unders in, involving uh, <laughs> them, but uh, they're, they're a team that they can make some noise. I mean, you can win a series. You know, they always say pitching wins series, but you get some hot bats, you, you can get the job done. And this is a team that can, they can put up a lot of crooked numbers in a hurry. So today the Phillies are taking out Sanchez 1 and 3 against Malakis for the St. Louis Cardinals with 6 and 9 on the year. 
Phillies on a two-game winning streak. Cardinals on a two-game losing streak. Cardinals have not been a team this year that anyone wants to bet on or even look at when it comes to gambling, if I'm being honest with you. I have a friend that's a big St. Louis Cardinals fan, and he just got into gambling, and he said, I can't even bet my own team this year because they're so bad. What's wrong with St. Louis? Okay. Well, let's, I'm going to give you three teams and ask you, who's the biggest disappointment, Mets, St. Louis, or San Diego? All oh, three of those three came of in, came in <laughs> oh with high, high expectations. Yeah. Oh my God, payrolls! Yeah, and, payrolls. You know, Look at the Mets, the Padres. Yeah, jeez. You know, at least St. Louis, you know, comes in last place out of those three teams as far as what they spent, you know, to construct the team. But St. Louis, a lot of people expected them to win their division, and it, they've been horrible from day one. Um, one of the bright spots has been the guy on the mound tonight. He's pitched fairly yeah. consistent for St. Louis. Uh, you know, if he can give them a good, you know, five, six innings, they could stay, you know, they could stay in this game. And then once you get to the bullpen, like I said, all bets are off when it comes to Philadelphia. I didn't personally play that one, but I'll be honest, if I did, I would lean to St. Louis at a plus price. So my question for you is I really, really, really like the Atlanta Braves this year. Strider has been one of the best pitchers to bet on all season overall, especially if you're betting his strikeout totals. Are you a person that likes to look? at any type of prop bets like that or are you still traditional sides totals and call it a day uh i'm more traditional i've never been you know if you're a prop guy then almost always you were a big fantasy sports player okay and i and i wasn't i just didn't have the the time to do that that's what a lot of the the props are and where you make your money where i have taken some spots uh where i've made an un, not an unorthodox but you can play team totals okay all right yes and the market's not really i think there's an inefficiency there with it because if you get a game where the total is eight and a half or nine and one team is a 180 190 favorite you know you're going to be looking at a split yeah. of three or three and a half for the underdog team total and a five and a half on the favorite. Well, a lot of time that underdog may not be able to win the game, but three and a half is, is, is a bad number yeah. where I'll take, you know, a perfect example. I've done it a couple times with the Washington nationals. Okay. They score a lot of runs, but they lose games. Got it. Okay. And I'll find a spot where I got a very suspect, you know, pitcher, but it's still a big price mm -hmm. because of the team, mm -hmm. the logo on the team. And I'll take an over team total over three and a half and, you know, cash. And you're getting those generally in the range of minus 115, minus 120. And you said team. That's something that I learned when I used to work in a sports book back in the day that a lot of casual bettors, as they call it, love to bet the team, the name on the yeah. jersey, the color yeah. of the team. And those are the, the people that you kind of want to stay away from, right? You want to kind of bet the opposite side yeah. when it comes to that. Now, another game that you brought to my attention today was Lance Lynn coming out for the Los Angeles Dodgers, obviously on the road against the Boston Red Sox, which are also in a playoff hunt right now. Yeah. Dodgers leading their side of the division, shouldn't have an issue there. Probably the second best team in the National League right now behind the Atlanta Braves. But Boston's no joke. They're going to fight. They're going to scrap. They're going to claw. What did you see in this game today with Lance Lynn coming in 3-0 and in his last three starts since he joined the Dodgers? Yeah, this is the thing. You talk about a complete turnaround. His last three starts before the trade deadline, he went 16 and change innings. He allowed 17 runs Jeez. and six home runs. Those were his last three Games, starts. Three yeah, starts. Before the trade deadline. I didn't think he was... 
anybody that was going to be in the mix to, for somebody to want to go out, yeah. let alone be the Dodgers. Since he's gone to the Dodgers, four starts, he's gone 25 innings and allowed a grand total of four runs over those 25 innings. The big key in that is during that 25-inning run, he had a strikeout-to-walk ratio of 25 to 5. To me, when a pitcher has splits like that, that tells me he was in full command of all of his pitches. He's not he's no control issues and he's fooling the batters. You know, he's got movement on his balls. Uh, this is a spot where was it him just having that breath of life of going to a contender that brought on this streak from him or was there something that the pitching coaches saw fixed when he got there and right now I'm not going to step in front of him until he has a bad game and you're getting him how often are you going to get the Dodgers at the price you're getting tonight so to me you know Boston yeah needs the game more but I'm not going to jump in front of Lance Lynn right now our guy Marco D'Angelo of Wager Talk so my final question for you on this topic here with the Dodgers if you're a handicapper and someone that might be new that's getting into this game we see the paper we see the line when it comes out right there's no opposite pitcher for the Red Sox. How do you handicap this game right off the bat? Do you wait or do you just go for it? It's a situation of how you're going to play. If you're going to make it a full game wager in Boston's, you know, deciding between, you know, who they're going to go with, maybe this is going to be one of those games where they're going to go with the bullpen and you'll have a guy come in and start one or two innings and then they go the other way. Uh, that's a situation I just make the play. If I'm basing it on my pitcher and I know that they're going to score and whatever, I'm going to go ahead and take the play and make it as an action play, or I'll just specify, you know, the starter. I Lance Lynn list the pitcher. Yeah, just list the one pitcher, Uh, and that's becoming more and more with the overnights. I mean, most sharps are going to tell you they like to hit the lines as soon as they come out, okay? Because they're going to spot where they feel. Vegas was off on the game. The and overnights. As the you. overnights is gone. But more and more, we see it that the overnights don't have listed pitchers, so there's no line uh, for there on some of these games. And it'll get even worse when we hit September 1st and we get the expanded rosters. Yeah. Uh, last tip for you guys, when we do get those expanded rosters, don't be scared to take a pitcher you've never heard of. Definitely. Okay? You're going to get a price with them. And when these kids come up, this is their chance to make the ball club next year. That's what they're working for. They want to showcase themselves. And I always say, first time around the league, pitcher has the advantage over the hitters. There you go. Knowledge. Jose Volonte, Marco D'Angelo, you guys are tuned in live to the T.C. Martin Show. We are here at the Westgate Superbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. After this commercial break, we're going to have our guy T.C. joining us from D.C. to talk all things Las Vegas Aces. Turn your head and cough. Here's the doctor, T.C. Martin. Jose Volonte, Marco D'Angelo, we are back here live from the Westgate Superbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Our guy, T.C. Martin, is on the road today with the Las Vegas Aces. He's in D.C. Like I said earlier, our guy, T.C. in D.C., hanging out with the champion Aces there. We're going to get him here on the phone lines and talk all things Aces, but... Not only that, we're going to go ahead and see what he's been eating out there because I know he's got a lot to brag about when it comes to the food, Marco. But, TC, are you out there, my guy? How are you today? What's going on, fellas? Appreciate you guys holding it down there. You, Marco, the G-Man, 
our good friends there at the Westgate, man. Yeah, yeah, 3,000 miles away, three hours time difference. It's dinner time, guys. It's dinner time. What's for dinner? That's what I want to know. Well, uh, right now we've got a couple nominees, and I, and I haven't uh, made the final decision. Uh, Bobby Vance, a very good steakhouse here in Washington, D.C. I've never been, heard about it. i got a reservation there. Uh, and then I've got another reservation in an Italian place. Uh, I'm not sure which one I'm going to go with right now. Uh, Marco, what do you think? Uh, you're going to be going to the steakhouse because every other picture you send me <laughs> is of a big, giant slab <laughs> of beef. That's not even you're, – if we're putting the odds up on it, uh, the steakhouse is minus 350. So here's the deal, though. This is, what, this is why the steakhouse needs to come down a little bit. You need to get some action going against the steakhouse to bring it down because I already have had it. A reservation at Peter Luger's. Now, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Peter Luger's. It's probably the most famous steakhouse maybe in the world. And it's a New York uh, staple in Brooklyn. And I bypassed it last time to go to a different steakhouse. I have the reservation Sunday for Peter Luger's. So I'm thinking that maybe I might give the steak a rest until Sunday. That's why I'm in the the quadrant here. You see what he did there? Give the steak a rest? Yeah. <laughs> you, you do know that if you don't get to Peter Luger's um, in New York, you know there is one opening here in Vegas uh, late September. Uh-oh. Don't tell him that. I did not, I did, I did not know oh, that. See what you All did, right. Marco? Oh. You wow. opened up well, Pandora's I'll let you box. treat me that. You can treat me to the, uh, to the, to the Vegas location, Marco. Uh, I think you got it backwards, <laughs> sir. I think we're covering for you. He can treat us to yeah. the opening of the steakhouse. Yeah. But, TC. You know no argument there. That is accurate. <laughs> so, before we get into some Aces talk, obviously, let's start with a little bit of Aces talk. And what I mean by that, you guys were at the White House today. Talk a little bit about that experience and not only how you saw the team taking it in, but how did you take it in yourself? Man, it was great. I mean, we were all there together, and, um, you know, they got to be on stage with the vice president, and it was really cool. Uh, she had some great things to say, not only, um, you know, just about the Aces, but just Las Vegas in general. Uh, Governor Sislak was also there, and, um, you know, all, all of uh, us in the organization were there. Uh, there were tons of media there, so I'm sure you're going to be able to see stuff on Sports Center tonight and some of the other uh, you know, news and sports outlets. But uh, it was really, really cool the way that she paid homage to the team, uh, talked about the, you know, when the team came in 2018 and uh, how they've continued just to, to grow. And she signaled out uh, Asia Wilson and talked about, you know, what she's done, not only with the Aces, but her time at South Carolina. She also uh, singled out Chelsea Gray and Kelsey Plum and Becky Hammond. And it was uh, it was great. It was just a, a really cool uh, you know moment uh, to be at to you know to have the team honored like that. And then we had a uh, you know reception afterwards, a private reception, which was really cool. And you talk about the food, Marco. I mean, <laughs> they, they kept bringing these. It was like something out of the uh, movies. You know what I'm saying? When you when you when you see these like dinner parties, and you know you got the hot, the, the high top tables. And you've got about six or seven, you know, servers, and they're all dressed in the, in the suits. And they're bringing this appetizer, and it's octopus, it's 
steak. It's like uh, artichoke something or other. This oh and so every time they came by, everybody goes, uh, what is that? And then he'd give this long description. And then they just kept bringing the drinks. And uh, they had the best. I, I got to give it to the White House. They had the best sweet tea. <laughs> oh my I didn't God. even have to ask for sweet tea. They gave me sweet tea. They had lemonade. They had sweet tea. They had, they had sodas. They had cocktails. I mean, sweet tea was off the, off the chain, man. They had a sweet tea for TC. Yeah, yeah you know what? <laughs> yeah, again, you know what I'm hearing? After you saying all that, what I heard was TC got another free meal. Yeah. And once again, <laughs> we're picking up the check because that's our tax dollars exactly, right now. Exactly, yeah. We're It'll, paying for his meal yeah. over there at the White House. Uh, <laughs> I had to get hey, a jab look, in there somewhere, listen, TC. Listen. <laughs> I just showed up. I got the invitation, Marco. I just showed up. Okay? Right. You they did your job. Me. You know, I'm going to do it. I got it. That's my obligation. Yeah, well, I am, yeah, I'm still, you know, last night uh, I texted TC this morning uh, that while I was playing poker last uh-huh. night, I was multitasking. Okay. As I, I told Jose before the show, I'm watching the Steeler exhibition game yeah. in the poker room on the big TV. They didn't have the aces on in, in the poker room, but I had to put it on. On my phone, so I'm wa- I'm listening to the Aces game and watching the game, and uh, I gotta say, would you say that the third quarter last night was one of the best quarters of the season, total, uh, top to bottom, for the Aces? Yeah, yeah, especially considering they were down 13 at halftime, and they were two for 12 from three in the first half, and uh, I can just tell you um, that I, I, I had told the people at the Wintrust Arena that they uh, needed to notify maintenance, uh, maintenance repair. Uh, and they're going, what, what, what are you talking about? I go, when Becky Hammond gets done at this halftime, you better call maintenance repair for the visitor's locker room. Oh, my God. Uh, whatever she said at halftime uh, got through to the team, that's for sure. It was an incredible third quarter. But. I don't- yeah, I was going to say real quick, I don't know if you guys heard the post-game show or not, but I had, you know, Kelsey Plum on, on the post-game, and I asked her, I said, KP, I said, uh, how many F-bombs were, were dropped during the halftime speech? She goes, I can't count them all. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and TC, not only that, they were down 16 at one point. You mentioned 13 yeah. and a half, but they were down 16 at one point. Kelsey Plum celebrated her birthday by scoring 23 points, 14 of those which were in the pivotal third quarter that you guys just mentioned. You and I talked about it on Monday night on the other show that I did, and we talked about Kelsey Plum, and you said there's nothing wrong with her. She's going to keep coming out no matter what. Is that what she proved the other night, that no matter what, she's still Kelsey Plum. She can still give you that game at any given time. Yeah, no question. And that's the thing. You know, shooters are shooters. Shooters are scorers. And you just you can't just stop. Now, what you can do is, you know, set herself and not take early shots in the shot clock, okay? And what she was doing, she just had a rhythm going. She came out, she hit that first three-pointer, and then that got her going. And then she was coming off screen. She was setting her feet better. She got a little more arc on her shot, and uh, and things just started to roll. And then next thing you know, that just opens up the inside, and then Asia starts going to town, and then Chelsea starts doing her thing in the paint. So, yeah, it's just one of these things. You know, once the aces get rolling offensively, it's it's good night, Irene, to everybody else. But thirty-eight to thirteen, that was the margin in the third quarter, and they also uh, outscored them in the in the fourth quarter as well, too. Yeah, like you said, down sixteen to win by seven, uh, just a phenomenal performance. 
And, you know, it kind of takes us back to these great third quarters that they were having last year and they had earlier on this year. And that's what they're going to need as they approach the playoffs. Going towards the playoffs, TC, my concern, and you know I love this team, but it's it's two teams. It's the big four and then it's the other four. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what, you know, cards that we've been dealt, use a metaphor here uh, from Vegas, 52 minutes from the bottom four in last night's game, only 10 points. That's going to be something that when we get to the playoffs and you're playing a series against, you know, the same team and in that grind of the playoffs, are you concerned we need to, we need to find that fifth score that uh, you can count on? Here's the thing. It is what it is. This roster is what it is. And it's funny, we had the same conversation, um, Holly Rowe invited me to come on, on uh, NBA radio today on Sirius XM 86, and she asked me that exact same question, and, and my answer is this, it's, if the Aces are, are scoring, and they're playing well, you don't need that bench. I know that seems kind of weird or kind of cocky to say that, but you don't have bench scoring, okay, you're not going to get you know, Kayla George or Kirsten Bell to erupt for 20. It's just not going to happen because they don't take that volume of shots. And that's just not what their role is. So the big four are going to have to score and they're going to have to uh, shoot between, say, 44% and above. And that's what they usually do when they win these games. So the only reason they, the, my big concern about the Aces is the rebound. That's the deal. I mean, if they get crushed on the boards, then they've got trouble. But they can shoot a low percentage, but they can't be out-rebounded. And they got the boards last night against Chicago. They got the boards against Atlanta. And those are teams that you're supposed to out-rebound. So, you know, for me, it's that. I mean, the guards are going to have to do more. It would be nice to have Kia Stokes score, but it's it's not it's not going to happen. Kayla George and and Kirsten Bell and you know you need something from Alicia Clark, yes, but you just can't flip the switch because those guys just aren't volume scorers. So it, you, you just got to live with what you got, and you got to make sure that you know your core four are out there for a lot of minutes, and they will be, you know, come playoff time, and you just got to ride with that. Jose Volonte, Marco D'Angelo here on the T.C. Martin Show. We got our guy T.C. Martin joining us live from D.C. He was at the White House today with the champion Las Vegas Aces meeting the vice president there at the White House. Fun stuff. So, T.C., this team gets their 30th win. What is the overall feeling right now in the locker room? Obviously, records are always made to be broken. This could be a record that maybe sometime in the near future, not anything close, could be broken, right? Because the Aces now created history. Is Becky excited about this? How's the team feeling about it? Or is it just another win and we got to continue to the overall goal, which is winning another championship? Yeah, so good question. And here's the answer. Um, this, and Becky and I talked about this the last two games. This was a great timing for this White House trip to happen at this time in Asia to get the 53 in Atlanta the other night because this team kind of felt the pressure and they were feeling a little fatigue. And they pointed this road trip like, okay, this is going to be our toughest swing. We're going to have some tough games. And, of course, the big game's coming up on Monday night back in New York. 
And so for Asia to get 53, and the way that arena in Atlanta just turned where everybody was rooting for Asia and they were rooting for the Aces, I've never seen anything like it. You go in a visiting arena where they come in here, it's a sold-out arena, and they're rooting for their home team. And then once Asia you know, got to 40 and eclipsed the 40-point the mark, and then she had the march to 50 and the march for, you know, the, the tie the record at 53. It was crazy. And like Becky said, that was perfect timing because it galvanized them and energized them. And now you go to Chicago and you figure, okay, how are they going to match that? Here's a funny stat for you guys. In the shoot around um, yesterday's game before, the Aces always close practice where they do the group three pointers. They hit 42 of 46 three-pointers as a team. It's insane. Wow. And so we were joking after the shoot-around, and she goes, I don't know what's into these guys, but, man, they're, they're hitting it today. I don't know if that's a good sign or bad. And I'm probably the jinx because I said, <laughs> yeah, watch them go two for 18. <laughs> and what happened in the first half? They went like two for 12. But – then they have the comeback win last night, and it's like, oh, now we got this momentum. Hey, we're going to the White House. We're feeling really good. So long-winded answer to your question, Jose, is they are feeling really good, even though they're fatigued and they're tired and they got the target on their, you know, uh, on their chest. Uh, they are feeling really good about themselves right now. TC, the, that was what I was going to ask you. You said about the fatigue, and that's been my only concern because of the number of minutes that the Big Four has to play. And this has just been an absolute crazy schedule that the Aces have been on for two weeks. There, you know, it was yeah. the other night when they played when Asia got the fifty-three points. That was the first time in over two weeks that they had more than one day between games and these haven't been just regular games these have been high profile games where you had the commissioner's cup game then you had the the second game against the liberty we had just played them 10 days earlier in new york and here we are going to play them again on monday this, you know I'm a situational guy. This has not been a good situation, a scheduling situation, handicapping uh, to, for the Aces. And they were managed to overcome it last night, get the win, but they obviously the point spread here in Vegas, that's what we worry about. They didn't get the uh, the point spread covered. No, and that's, that's the thing we always talk about, right? They are... Um, overvalued on the line. I mean, it's inflated. It's just an inflated line. You have to be very careful if you're going to play the Aces. I mean, if you're going to play the Aces, you got to really look at the matchups. you got to look at the rest factor like you talked about. Those are key elements. But speaking of which, and I'll, I'll just add the exclamation point to what you just said. They've had the toughest schedule of any team over the last three weeks. Mm-hmm. It's just been insane. And then you, know, you had these two long road trips on top of that. Uh, it's, it, it's crazy. So, yeah. TC, you still there? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's no question oh, that's, they're, that, that uh, they're fatigued. There's, there's no question about it. But they just, you know, they're, they're going on adrenaline, on adrenaline right now and trying to get to the finish line. And, uh, you know, we saw that against Chicago in the first half. And they, they needed to, to get fired up and, and get refocused, and they did that. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tomorrow night here in Washington and then look ahead to Monday um, in New York. But, yeah, you got to be careful 
you know, maybe you're, you're, you're better suited what you love to do, Marco and Jose. You guys love to bet the team total. <laughs> hey, hey, so TC, I want to talk. I want to talk Washington and Vegas with you. So, would you want to hold on the phone real quick? Since it took us a minute yep. to get you on, we'll get you back on after the break. We'll briefly talk Aces with uh, Mystics, and then we'll let you go. How about that? Sounds good, guys. There we go. T.C. Martin joining us live from D.C. Jose Volonte, Marco D'Angelo, hour number one in the books. We are coming to you live from the Westgate Superbook in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. You are tuned into the T.C. Martin Show on tcmartinshow.com. We'll be right back. Mm-hmm. 